This is a main hustle media podcast. Hello and welcome to the show. My name is Jackie O and you're listening to Militantly Mixed. Yo, this is Rashani from the single simulcast. And when I'm not making you laugh or making up parody songs, I'm kicking back listening to Militantly Mixed. I would like to acknowledge that the Main Hustle Media podcasts are recorded on the traditional lands of the Karankawa, the Chumash, and the Tongva people, and I wish to pay my respects to the people of those nations, both past and present. Hey y'all, welcome to Militantly Mixed, the podcast about race and identity from the mixed race perspective. I am your host, Charmaine Fury, aka The Blasian Blurred, the busiest mixed race by gender, bisexual, polyamorous, atheist, comic book nerd, cat mom, and two-time Asian American Podcasters Association's Golden Crane Award-winning podcaster in this podcasting game. <laughs> Um, this is, I think this is episode 166 or 167. I'm off track because of hiatus, but I am joined today by a, um, someone very special to me, a very early guest of Militantly Mixed and, uh, one of the fellow mixed aunties, Sonia Smith-Kang from Mixed Up Clothing. And we are coming together to talk about some very exciting news today, Sonia Thank you for coming back to the show. <laughs> I am so excited to be here. That is the best intro. I need, I mean, I need to get on that game. That <laughs> amazing. Uh, thank you so much for having me. I'm so excited. I'm, um, I'm, well, I'm excited to have watched what's happening or what we're about to talk about happen from when I got to learn about it versus when it started to get to be public. So to see it finally being out you and been talk about there. Yeah. Yes. I'm yes. so excited. It's so it's so fun to like legitimately watch something like don't tell anybody. Right. To, like, right. oh my gosh, everybody knows now. It's exciting. So let's let's get into it. Well, first of all, I'll I'll just say that you were an early guest of Militantly Mix. You were on our Each One Teach One episode, which was I you said that during the course of our discussion. So that's why I named the episode that. And it was 2018. So it was Early for me in in my militantly mixed game, I was still trying to feel myself out and figure out what kind of host I was being at uh -huh. the time that I got to meet you. And by that point, you had already been heavily involved in MASK, Multiracial Americans of Southern California. You were president of the organization and you were involved. I remember us talking about the mixed day at Dodger Stadium and a bunch of other stuff like that that you were doing. And on top of that, you were also were you in transition? Were you still nursing and doing mix up? No, clothing? I had already left nursing at okay. that point. But yeah, I was definitely, uh, you know, it was one of my first podcasts. And I just was like, this is amazing. You know, I feel like, as you know, we've been talking about, uh, you, you know, I've been talking about being mixed for as long as I could remember. It, it was just always, you know, something that, I knew and I was aware of even before, you know, some of the language that we're now kind of using. Um, so I feel like everything that you mentioned, the mixed heritage day at Dodger stadium, the multiracial Americans, it all is just, you know, uh, 
everything who I am is just, you know, and being on a podcast, uh, your podcast militantly mixed, it was like, we are really doing it. Like yeah. we are really creating these spaces for, for conversations to happen for us to be like out there and, and finding community and finding folks that understand that get it. Mm -hmm. Um, and I think that's exactly who I am and what I try to do with my children's clothing line, mixed up clothing. Yeah. I remember you were one of, so you were my first big guest, like accomplished doing things out in the world of mixedness guests up until then. Um, the people that I had spoken to were like the way I felt about myself at the time, a regular ass mixed person that was like, okay, let's try <laughs> I was on the, I was trying to become professionally mixed at the time. I was just regular ass mixed. And, um, and when I got a chance to talk to you, I was like, okay, like this, there's something I can do here. There it's not, it's no longer bring my chair to somebody else's table. It was build my own table. I love and, that. um, I, I felt like I was seeing, um, that as a real possibility because I didn't know about mask earlier on, you know, I didn't know that there were, there were a few spaces that were available and people were already doing stuff. And so you were an early inspiration for me for that reason. It was just like, Oh, we can build our own table. Like we don't, yeah. we don't need somebody else's table. Right. Um, and I was, so I was, I've always been excited about, about that, about you being my first to me, you were my first big major, like Aww, thank person you. on my show. Um, and then now it's almost been four years and seeing the trajectory of of the things that both of us are doing i'm like i i know i probably wouldn't have tried as many things if mm -hmm. i didn't get a chance to keep doing this and keep having conversations with people and seeing um what they were doing what they needed and you know like just deciding i could be one of the people that did this kind of stuff and i think that that has a lot to do with uh, so one of the conversations we had in our first um discussion which was you were seeing your children who are, you know, you're mixed, your children are, are more mixed than you. And you were seeing how you could tell them who they were, how, how you could show, not tell them who they were, not dictating who they were, but like sharing with them, like who they can be, like, what are all the pieces of the quilt that they, that they make up? And you were doing that through, um, you know, not just your family life, but also your clothing line. So let's get into first, like, what transitioned you from your previous career to I'm just focusing on mixedness and developing, um, you know, this clothing line alongside what you were, how you were trying to raise your family? Yeah. And, and it goes, I, I, I find myself, uh, you know, constantly talking about intentions and intentionality and, um, you know, growing up mixed. Um, my father's African-American. My mom is Mexican. Um, they were in the military and uh, we were stationed on the island of uh, Puerto Rico where I was born. My sister and I were born there. And then uh, from there, we moved uh, to the island of Oahu, Hawaii, where my brother was born. And I feel like I was constantly talking and uh, about, you know, culture in some form. And um, then we moved to California and at a time where I felt instantly felt different, 
um, I felt like there wasn't anyone who looked like me or had my experience. Um, I lived in a predominantly Latino area of Los Angeles and went to school and, uh, you know, we were bused to a predominantly white uh, school and, you know, in a sea of Farrah faucets and, you know, uh, feathered hair, I was, you know, this darker toned uh, girl with curly hair that just was yeah. like, wait, where, where am I? Where am I? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And so I've, I, you know, it was always kind of there underlying like that buzz just was kind of there the whole time. Fast forward, I went to school. I uh, went to university. I was a registered nurse and working in a hospital setting. And I was all again, drawn to culture. I always kind of just loved listening to you know, where people, who they were, what they, what they brought, uh, into a healthcare setting. So, uh, you know, we talk about, uh, intersectionality, right. And at the time I would be, you know, I was kind of that multicultural nurse on the unit where if they needed a prayer rug or their, their bed toward, um, move towards Mecca or they wanted to see um, that, you know, food from home to be brought in because there was some kind of um, uh, tradition and culture of when you're sick, this is the broth that you eat or whatever it was. I was about it. Like, yeah. I loved it. And I bet that was so meaningful for the people that were in those places to have someone pay attention to it. Right. Because that is, you know, such a huge part of you know, who we are and, and plays a part in, you know, in what I believe uh, for healing as well. So then I, you know, started, I met my husband who's Korean and started having children. And I was like, we had this conversation where it was like, what are we going to do with these Korean black and Mexican children. What are we gonna do with these kids? What are we gonna do with them? What's it gonna look like? What What's it gonna be like? What is it? What, like we need to talk. Mm. And so, the same way folks have like this business plan uh, when they start a business, we had like a family plan. Nice. Like it was like we were gonna be intentional with what we did. We were gonna make sure that artwork, books uh tv shows that we watched movies we went to like we were gonna have receipts like we were just gonna make sure anything that we brought into this home um was going to be reflective of our our multicultural multiracial multilingual reality and so uh one of the th one of the things that you know i ca i call it culture proofing uh, the same way that you childproof your home, culture proofing is protecting your child's identity. And um, so we, and safeguarding their identity. So what can I do to build up and, and bring them and protect them, you know, to the extent that I can. And that was all those items that we, I, I mentioned. Um, so it was very very strategic. It was intentional. We, you know, got on our hands and knees, walked around the house and was like, no, this needs to be like, I, I need my kids to see some Brown characters here. Mm -hmm. And, you know, this whole thing. 
And one of the things that I did as a stress reliever from working in the hospital, I worked in an intensive care unit, uh, was sewing clothes. And um, I had been sewing since the days that they, you know, taught sewing in, in school. And my mom sewed. Um, so I sewed some clothes for my kids, little, you know, dresses or uh, diaper covers, whatever it was. But the difference was I used fabrics that kind of felt, um, you know, representative of who we were, who they were. And I loved it. And I was like, huh, this is, you know, this was something that I I wanted to do more, but I didn't, it was kind of that early on, I was still working, having these kids, but there was something brewing that I just kind of sat on. And then um, uh, what happened was when I, you know, as they were celebrating, my husband brought in, you know, Korean traditions, like uh, your uh, hundred day um, and the kids would wear traditional Korean uh, garments called the hanbok. And there was something that I saw in him when his children were wearing these beautiful traditional mm. garments that tapped into this part of me that was like, what if I could duplicate that feeling, but something that doesn't have to be done on just these, you know, traditional holidays, yeah. or, you know, when we take in photos with the family or whatever it is, what if there was something I could impart in my children on the daily that they could, you know, be like, yes, this is me. And I, so going back to the sewing, did all that. And, um, people would stop me on the street and they'd be like, what is that fabric? We'd be talking about, oh, this is, you know, piñatas or these are pineapples from blah, blah, blah. And they'd be like, oh, my goodness. And they'd start talking about their culture. And wouldn't it be great if they had, you know, something for their kids? And all of a sudden I was like, these clothes. There's something here. There is something here. Mm -hmm. Now, what can I do with that? I didn't go to fashion school. I didn't go to business school. I just had an idea. And I had the skill uh, to, you know, to make them. Um, and then all of a sudden I was taking these little classes at night for, you know, women who want to start a business, moms who are entrepreneurs, you know, this whole thing. Mm. And my husband was like, what are you doing? <laughs> I, I think I'm starting a business. And mixed up clothing became uh, my fifth child. And um, has has just um, taken over. Yeah, I, I I know how that takeover feels too. Because at first, it probably just felt like, like you said, a stress reliever. I think when I first started my show, I was thinking of it as more me working, like me selfishly collecting mixed friends. <laughs> <laughs> like I no one's going to listen to the show. It's just going to be me making friends and that's what we're going to do. And then over time, it just becomes like, I can't make a decision where I don't first think, how does this impact militantly mixed? You know, like, wow. I feel like that is probably um, like, I don't know how that happened or when that happened, but um, 
Like you just start with something small and the next thing you know, it's, it's consumed your life. I mean, so much so that you, you change your career. You stopped being a nurse, which you went to school for and everything. So that's something that's really tough for people. The sunken costs that they think is involved in all the education that you did and all the, the career time that you did. Can I legitimately make this shift? And um, the fact that you did that and the fact that you did that with an intention of really focusing on multicultural upbringings and things like that. I, I, I've always loved this. I've always been jealous that I wasn't small enough or that I wasn't like Asian, more Asian bodied so I can maybe squeeze into the biggest size of kids size that you had. Because <laughs> um, I remember this from four years ago. You had this like kimono style top that yes. had like a either a Caribbean type of print or something yes, like that, whatever it was. It. And I was like, I, I want that though. But, but like, I want that though. <laughs> well, you know, I, I literally designed for that person, for the 12 year old me that was sitting in, sitting in the school bus, uh, you know, and people are like, does it feel 980s and 90s to you? And I was like, yeah, the best decades. That's all I'm telling you. I mean, if we don't <laughs> legitimately own the fact that we all think our decade is like the best decade and that we still are like super warm and fuzzy about oh, certain things. Absolutely. Someone I so this is this is one of the things that made me feel both old and proud in a weird way happened yesterday. I was talking to somebody that I met at my comic book shop who um uh, was going to be making a, uh, or not my comic book shop. It was from a different meet. Yeah, I was on a meet. I had two different meetings yesterday. I'm confused. Mm-hmm. I, I was on a meeting where someone said they were collecting a whole bunch of old jeans and they were going to make old like Jinko jeans. They were going to turn those into a new, a new pair of like Jinko cut jeans, which were big when I was, mm. when I was like a teenager. And I was just like, Hmm nostalgia i'm proud <laughs> but also it's like someone i know is like near 20 years younger than me and stuff like that so i'm just like that's cute but also right that's correct Listen. those are the correct genes for you right like right. if they were cross colors i would have lost my mind um, do you see and i'm telling you if i i think the first pair of uh pants i made for for my my little my little guy luke uh they were hammer the hammer pants i nice. mean I mean, just with some fun, uh, you know, prints that, uh, you know, that we had sourced. Um, oh, but yeah, I stay living in um, <laughs> just with a, you know, multicultural feel. Uh, yeah. So you'll, you'll see that underneath, you know, some of the looks. Um, but I definitely, I, I grew up wanting, and we talk about, you know, um, you know, looking around us and, and seeing some of those items. I remember, you know, you talk about cross colors. There was a time when it was very, you know, dashikis were, were folks were wearing dashikis and my family uh, uh, would dance in ballet folklorico. And I would see the traditional, uh, you know, garments that they would wear when they perform, uh, you know, traditional Mexican dance. And I, I just wanted to be, to be able to wear that and do that. But there was something inside of me that just did not allow me to do that. And I, and I, and I think about that still. And I think that's also why when I'm creating and I'm seeing these these fabrics that I'm using, it's this 
I don't know. Uh, I, I hope folks understand, but it's like this healing that happens mm -hmm. each time. Like I'm trying to forgive again, that, that kid who wanted so much to see herself and didn't always have, you know, didn't always, you know, feel comfortable. Could I have worn a dashiki? Could I have worn, you know, something that um, the ballet folklorico, would that, so, so, you know, it's one of the things that I, I constantly kind of feel like these, the mixed up clothing has this healing effect on me that I'm like, I, I mean, I feel myself getting choked up because there's something to seeing your culture and wearing your culture that is, is like this connection. But what do you do when you're multicultural mm. or multiracial? Um, so this was just one answer. Yeah. It's just one answer. It's it's um it's what I I you know kind of felt like the world needed. Yeah, I I 100% agree with this, and I think like you before starting the show, I probably was on the like who cares? Like, this is my problem. I'm the only person in the world that has this problem. You know, like, I, I wasn't making room for even thinking that other mixed people might suffer that feeling of like, I want to, so you and I have had a lot of conversations about this. And um, sometimes we, we are on a, the slight opposite of the same problem where it's like, there's times when I just want to be like, I want to, I want nobody to tell me I can't, 100% own my Japanese heritage. I want to 100% open, you know, own my black heritage. And then yet know that there are spaces and times when I have to be aware of what my skin color, what my face, what my body, you know, structure might do in certain spaces that aren't 100% meant for mixed main, but, you know, monoracial more people or monocultural people. And then you, the conversation you and I've had, you've been like, it when do I take this ownership? Like when is it okay? And and I feel like um we're in the same we're having the same problem <laughs> of these moments of this like I, I want to be respectful. I want to and, and it's part of because I love my culture so much that I want to participate at the level that a monoracial, monocultural person of that same group would, right? But knowing that I can never operate as just a Japanese person or just a black person or just a British person, like I need to have those things at play at all times because they're literally swirling around in me at all times. And you found a way, like, I have my little, sh I'm, I'm not putting my show down by calling it my little show, but I'm talking about my mindset from back then. I got my little show, I'm cute, I'm having conversation with mixed people, I'm doing my little thing. But when I see a physical representation of how you can do this, how you can exist in all of your cultures at one time with some form of pride, with some form of comfort, with the thing that makes it feel like this, this fit of article of clothing that matches either the structural style of one culture with a pattern of another. And then I do remember you talked about like, you would include like a little card on it that kind of yeah, describes the things. Absolutely. You, you, you taught, you know, I love that, you know, in listening to you, I, I, I hear myself as well. It's that whole, you know, taking, taking space versus, uh, you know, everybody's like, 
No, you need to just go in there and own that space. And, you know, but you're very thoughtful. And, you know, at, I always think back and your eyes stay, like I said, I stay living in the, uh, in the eighties and nineties, but remember when you played double Dutch and you're just, you know, you're, you're re- re- waiting to get your turn and you're like, wait, okay. Okay. So that's how I feel with some of the conversations. That's such a good analogy. <laughs> like, like, right. Like, when am I going to jump in? Okay. 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 I'm in, I'm in, I'm in, I'm in. you know, and 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 so it's like when when is it my turn when is it you know so i love when folks come all you know come out hard and strong and they're like you know uh it's whenever you want it to be you know but for me that is not me right and and, and you just have to be you know you have to know who you are read the room and you know what space can you occupy without, you know, we talk about traumas, you know, I do not want to uh, insert myself in a place that could be harmful for someone else. Um, So I I love that about you. And I love that, you know, you're aware of that. And I think that's how, that's how we learn. And that's how we grow. Um, it's a balance. Oh, it absolutely. Really is. Like, I think you can't, we can't be ham-fisted about any of it, right? Like, we can't only stay in the shadows. We can't only be the first face in a room. Like, we we have to, whether, whether or not we can consider this as fair or not, it is just the plight of the mixed person. Correct. We have to be thoughtful about what our presence is means in different spaces and that's different depending on all the the cultures like in particular and as the black american you know transatlantic slave descendant um there are very specific ways in which we i think do need to operate as as mixed people and when we occupy spaces um that being said i don't think that means we can't own our blackness and we can't enjoy our blackness and we can't celebrate our blackness i think that's 100 percent available there's different ways in which that is at play for me with when it comes to the Japanese stuff. But, um, and I think you also experience it as, you know, Mexican, but also kind of Puerto Rican, even though not ethnically Puerto Rican, but grew up in Puerto, you know, like all that kind of stuff, the Hawaii, I think that, that um, you've talked about that too. Um, But what I, what I love about mixed up clothing and, and what you're doing with it is that it's not just the visual I mean, the visual tells a story, but then you tell a story on the card and then you have an opportunity for conversation when you got stopped on the street every time. So there's all these things of like continuing the tradition that a lot of us come from of, or, you know, oral storytelling, like telling people about who we are. Um, That's something we started way back before we even probably had fire, you know, like we were always telling, so we were, that's how we communicate. That's how we told who we were. And you found a new way to do that. You know, you found a modern way to do that. And you're telling a story of not only yourself as a mixed race and multicultural person, but your children and the children that you're probably encountering or seeing when you are at masks events, probably too, that I imagine that is an ex- inspiration point for some of the articles of clothing that you've created. Um, it's, what- it's, it's funny that you, you say that because I feel like the story, like my kids can like, I mean, they, they give me, they laugh at me because they know 
they could tell my story. Like if I'm being interviewed, they're like, my dad is black. My mom is Mexican. I was born in Puerto Rico, raised on the island of Oahu. And they'll start finishing the whole thing for me. <laughs> my, my husband does that too. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? And so, yeah. like, so storytelling and always kind of feeling like I have to lead with that. Yes. I don't know if anybody else. I also suffer that disease. It's fine. Right? It's fine. Like, it's fine. It, right. I'm fine. You're fine. You're right. <laughs> uh, it is. We still need that coffee mug. We still need that one. Yeah. It's all fine. We're fine. Yeah. But I I say that because it is, it's, it's, it's sharing of stories and it's uh, a sense of educating at the same time. Um, and that's what I really, underneath it all, um, I'm hoping somebody when they're, when they're finding the clothes can learn about another culture. And as kumbaya as that sounds, <laughs> I, I, I truly think that if we could just learn about somebody else, uh, so the cards, they tell the story of, you know, um, we have a dress uh, uh, that I'm sitting right next to, whether it's the tartan um, or it's got pineapples or it has a, a Greek a trim. I want you to know that that's a Greek trim. And right. we've had Greek uh, designers, um, you know, come on and talk to us and show us what they you know, what they grew up with and, and what they would love to see on the piece. Um, or, you know, the pineapples that I, uh, I grew up, you know, in on Oahu. Um, it, it, I want you to know, like, yeah, it's not just Hawaii that has pineapples. There's, you know, here, and then, yeah. you know, and here's the style. This one has frog closures, frog closures are here. And, you know, this is the story for me it's a, it's telling a story along with, oh, these clothes are cute. You know yeah. what I mean? Like there's something a little bit more if you just peel it, uh, peel, you know, behind some of the stuff. And so, um, so those are the cards that kind of come along with it. Um, Maybe as multiracial, multicultural people, we can't help, but do we like, we're not one thing we cannot help we cannot do one thing at a time. So like everything we do in the intention also has the layers. So it's like literally like, I'm going to make clothes. I'm going to make cultural clothes. I'm going to make multicultural clothes. It's going to tell a story. It's also going to be cute. Like, <laughs> like this is say, I, I feel like every yeah. single thing I yeah. do, like even everything as I, like, is just multifaceted in everything. Like it we can't, can't be one thing. One. No, it probably would feel so uncomfortable. Like if I just straight up did one thing, I'd be like, okay, what I need something else though. Like make it, make it travel or make it something like it has to be about food. Like I can't, it, I can't do one thing. So Hilarious. I 100 understand that you're like, Hilarious. layering all the stuff. It, it, I, yeah, we layered. <laughs> That's it. I so I um and I don't know if this is exactly like the way that you come from it, but it's it's just something that I think I've been experiencing over the last few years as I I get more um into and I don't like the terminology for it, so I'm still trying to find my word for it. But um some form of like ancestor worship or uh, uh, ancestor acknowledgement in some way, shape or form, because as mixed people, I think we have a tendency to feel a certain amount of disconnect from our cultures that a way to pin it down for me anyway, is to try to learn something about actual ancestors um, 
that way I can kind of grind myself and say like, oh, ground myself and say like, oh, I'm from that person, you know, however many generations removed, something about them is in me too. And that's what makes me feel a little more sense of an ownership, I think, of um, these heritages that I come from. Um, because, you know, especially growing up in America too, that's all, always been a thing when it comes to my Japanese connection of where it's like, am I a real Japanese if I'm not born there, only have a, a little bit of language and, um, you know, haven't really experienced it in an every single day culture type way. And then I discover my, you know, samurai ancestry. And it's like, oh, okay, I'm from these warrior type people. I imagine they had a lot of survival instincts and that they had to do a lot of things, you know, and some of that is in me. Um, when it comes to sort of what inspires well, I guess, yeah. What is, what is, I know you have a lot of intentionality, but where does it come from? Is it more inspired by like the fabrics or the shapes or something that you see? Or is it a person? Like, is there, are there things, like, how does it work for you? Are you looking into the past of something? How do you find these pieces or how does this stuff start to shape for you? Yeah, no, for me, it, you know, it definitely starts with the fabric. There's something immediate that I feel when I see a different fabric uh, that triggers, you know, some of that nostalgia. Some of it is um, from experience, um, you know, that I didn't necessarily recognize early on, um, you know, uh, when I would visit my dad's uh, family or uh, be with my mom's side of the family, you know, it, it wasn't until uh, much later that I said, man, I should have listened more. Or, you know, I should have, you know, asked more questions um, when when my family was talking about, you know, some of their uh, ancestors as, you know, going back and my grandfather talking about his grandfather, or you know, the other way on my father's side. I, you know, if I, if I see something and it has something that reminds me of something in, for instance, in the Latin A community, uh, we talked about the ballet folklorico. I found this lace that hit that memory for me, and it became like a uh, one of our boy our tops uh, that we have for a button down, and it runs on the side in a way that I want somebody to look at it and say, "Oh my gosh." My cousin used to wear the same thing, you know, mm -hmm. or, yeah. or, you know, if we're talking about, um, uh, you know, some of the other tops or bottoms that I have and I see it in a fabric, um, you know, an Ankara or, you know, a batik. And I say, this would make, I don't care where I put it, but it's going on something like it's going to yeah. be a skirt or, you know, but again, it taps into that that memory that for, for it's for me, mm -hmm, but mm -hmm. I know that if, if that, if the receiver is not aware of it, uh, then at least they would be able to learn something about it. Yeah. And, and so there's that part, but um, I, I do that. tap into what, to answer your question about the ancestors. I, I, the, that's one of the things that I really try and talk to my kids about uh, so that when they are feeling, if they are like I did feel like I wasn't enough or, you know, when, when people would tell me, 
but what do you feel more of? Oh, I hate that question. Because right? I hate that question because I have an answer and I hate that I have an answer. <laughs> I mean, I, I, we, we, I, I mean, you know this. I, <laughs> people would be like, hi, what are you? And I'm like, what the heck? And I, you know, and I would indulge them. I'd, you mm-hmm. know, and, and mm-hmm. I love, uh, and folks, I hope they know your answer. Cause if, I mean, I indulge and I know you're like, oh, uh, you mean Los Angeles or yeah. you know where it is? I, I, I like to really put them through the rabbit to, hole. <laughs> oh yeah. You really get them to be like, but me, I'm like, oh, I'm Mexican and black. And then they'll be like, but what do you feel more of? And I'm like, oh my goodness. So fucking audacity, first of all. First of all. <laughs> I mean, so so I I have learned a great deal uh and asked the questions uh of my parents. Um, and then ask the same of my husband to to tell our kids so that when somebody does have the audacity because they still do it to this day do they will tell you know and ask my children um you know questions about like but what do you feel more of or no but you don't look like this and um what you at you know i even yesterday i think somebody i said oh ask my daughter and she was like well i'm black mexican and korean and they said you don't look um x whatever it was you look like this. And she was like, yeah, I, I, I don't even know how to respond. How to do that. you respond to that? Uh, <laughs> Ryan Alexander Holmes, the, the actor who you, you met yes. recently, um, he, he gave me the answer that I am now going to be using if Let's I get that it. far into it. And what he said about himself is it's not that I don't look Asian or it's not that I don't look black. It's that you've never seen an Asian that looks like me before. Yes. 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 So he is a black Chinese man. He he does look like a Chinese man. He does look like a black man. He looks like a black and Chinese because man. Because he is. Yeah, he's both he's all these things. And so when he said that to me, I like I re- there's a, there's only a few times that I actually get chills and like that was one of them. And even just restating it right now, like I goose pimpled. The, <laughs> like seriously, the that ownership of you do not get to tell me mm. what I look like based off of the people you've seen that come from those groups, the people you've seen on TV, like whatever the thing is, I, I, I don't fucking care. And I do look a like t-shirt. a black Japanese <laughs> Brit. That's what I look like. So you just haven't seen one that looks like me before. And I, I um, cannot love that more. Right. Plus he's dope as hell. So oh, there's that. No also. Doubt. There's but, that piece. Yes. But when he said that to me, I was like, Oh shit! I just got chills. Yeah. Um, and so yeah, that yeah, I'm, I'm I I I'm take that ownership that. from him. Like I I I I credit him, but I also will own that Absolutely. for myself going forward. I forever. love that. I love that. That's so powerful. And and you know, there's just if I can help empower. And and. I think those, those are some of the things, you know, that I, that I try to do. And people are like, girl, you're just a clothing line. I'm not trying to just be a clothing line. Mm-hmm. I, I feel that my mission while I am here is to educate, empower, 
bring attention to so that it's just a little bit better for for um for I think it's us all is my mm -hmm. answer um, because I don't want anybody to think that the clothes are just for mixed folks. I think if you have the intention of learning about another person, mm -hmm. um, then these clothes are definitely for you because I want you to be able to, so that when you are seeing, you know, Charmaine and Ryan and Sonia, you're not saying, but what do you feel more of? Yeah. It's like, you need to, um, you know, expand the amount of folks that, you know, that, you know, expand yeah. your worldview so that you are not, um, you know, having that impact. Or that, that impulse really to even that, think that like breaking yeah. That is, I think that is something that I think is very difficult. And, you know, I think what's important about any of us that create something, content, clothing, article, whatever, whatever the thing is, mm -hmm. it's that like, we have to be doing it for ourselves, I think, because of the healing thing that like, like you were talking about earlier, yeah. I think we have to because that's where it's be the most effective. Because while you're healing yourself, you will accidentally affect mm. somebody else. And that's something I've learned through the show is I didn't know that me sharing my story would make a person send me a message saying, I'm literally crying in my car right now because your guest said, or you said, blah, blah, blah. And I've never, I never knew anybody else that felt this way. Like those moments, or I feel so confident because I got to wear an outfit that combines all of my cultures. Like, these moments, they are for us. I, I, I th think we need to center ourselves in them, even though that's like a knee-jerk reaction to be like, no, don't do that. No, no, not me. I think we need to because I, I, just, I think it does like help us heal. But in the process of while we're healing ourselves, if we also see that we affect somebody else, like, are you kidding? Like the mm. way that that feels, it, I mean, it almost becomes addictive a little bit too of just like, how do I continue to serve like this? How do I continue to have this impact? Um, well, I underneath it all, it, I mean, there, it, it, this is a business <laughs> and what, and there's I, that too. <laughs> yeah, what, what I say is yes, this is healing, uh, for me. Uh, but it's also, um, what drives me, you have to love and care and wake up thinking about it, go to mm -hmm. sleep thinking about it because, I don't think you should be doing anything else that does not move you right. in such a way. Like, I think if anything that, uh, you know, the last few years um, have taught me is that we talk about centering. I want to center, uh, you know, myself in the, in the, you know, career in, the friends that I choose and the um, things that take take my time, I want to make sure that that is feeding my soul. And so, you know, yes, the clothes, you know, feed my soul, but it also, you know, I'm hoping touches somebody else who can say, um, wow, the, the models that are wearing your clothes, they have my hair texture yeah. or, you know, 
or they have my skin tone or, you know, my, my same ability, um, or, you know, whatever it is, body type, whatever it is. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I, so the intentionality not only comes from, you know, from the fabrics and all those kind of things, but it's also in choosing who represents the brand. And, you know, so when I say the thing about diversity and inclusion, like that runs throughout, that's like the lifeline, the bloodline mm-hmm. all the way through. Um, because it's again, that 12 year old with the curly hair that was like, wait, how come? Uh, you know, and, and so yeah. if I could just help someone and you know, another person, I think that's exactly, um, you know, part of what makes me wake up in the morning and yeah. so excited to, you know, be on shows like this and to, you know, and also to now and- be having your clothes on a major retailer's shelf in addition Woo! to your own website. So that is also like the big news. That's part of what we're here talking about. Um, although I did want to just in, yes. I wanted to spend a yes. lot of time talking about yourself and the company itself, because that company existed far be- longer before what we're, what we're talking about today and what you're experiencing right now. But um, what you want to tell everybody what? Oh, uh, yes, what's we, happening? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. We just landed uh, in Macy's uh, uh, after years of you know trying to not only get into a large retailer, um, uh, but to just continue to expand the brand and you know and the scale that and that we're doing. Um, I, um, had Macy's on my, um, you know, as one of the, the places that I knew mixed up clothing would be a great fit. Um, we had been doing, uh, at the time, you know, online, we were in a couple of boutiques, we're on Amazon and Etsy and those kind of things. And we were just, we were cruising. Right. Mm -hmm. And, Mm -hmm. and, but when you hear those stories, like the letters that you received of folks, you know, feeling it while sitting in their car or driveway, listening to your podcast, I was receiving that same feedback uh, from folks and from parents that are adults that were like, where was this when I was a kid, you know, kind of. Yeah. And I said, this needs to be on a larger scale. And so I went to large retailers and I was like, you know, you, you are leaving money on the table because the multicultural consumer, not only is the fastest growing population, mm-hmm. but they hold trillions in spending buying power that, you know, brands and fortune 500 companies and you know all all the folks you know retailers need to be aware of that you know we are here and we spend and we spend i think that's a an area that a lot of uh companies and like entertainment uh, companies and and all kinds of things all miss is that they talk about the marketability of some things like we don't know there's a market for it. There's literally a market for it. You're just forcing us to to consume in the general population, which doesn't reflect most of us. But if we actually could see ourselves, the the ways in which we try to spend money 
in places where we're reflected, the hoops that we jump through to try to find ourselves, that if you reduce that right. <laughs> and just make it easy for us, we will we will spend our money. Like right. I I am actively looking for things that reflect me. Um, right. And it takes a lot of time and I hate it. Um, but a retailer like Macy's and Amazon and all that kind of stuff, like that just makes me get to it that much quicker. So I'm, I'm more inclined to spend that money. So it's yeah. amazing that you got it is that part. definitely, you know, something that, um, you know, did not come from, um, you know, without, I had to submit the same stats that I, you know, uh, shared with you. Those are some of the things that, you know, impeded growth because people mm. want like your stuff couldn't just be cute. Um, you had to like tell the gatekeepers of whatever, you know, whether you're pitching a story, uh, a children's book, uh, a movie to get, you know, greenlit, any of those things. You're the person that you are telling, please let me make this does not look like you typically. And mm -hmm. they may not think that it will sell or be marketable. And so sometimes you have to give all these statistics, like the US census says, you know, you know what I mean? Like you have yeah. to go out of your way in order to sell why you believe your product has a place. And um, again, we go back to the last few years and folks have been doing this since you know the beginning is finding these spaces and and bring like you say you know have making the table or not even just bringing your chair like no it is not there who better to tell this story who better to create this product uh there are folks who are intentionally shopping and making sure that they're um, dollar is going to uh, creatives, uh, you know, BIPOC creatives that are, you know, making their own, you know, soaps or beauty, health, wellness, whatever it is, podcasts, clothing. They're saying, I am going to vote with my dollar. And, um, you know, until the other folks, the other big names and players uh, take notice. And now it's moving. The needle is slowly moving. And I'm hoping that with our brand and with Mix Up Clothing being at Macy's, it just allows for more room and opportunity for other brands to get a place. Yeah, absolutely. I'm, um, I mean, I'm, I'm excited about that because I like, so back when I first learned that you were even going through this process, I was remembering cause Macy's was our go-to place when, you know, I was buying clothes growing up and stuff. Uh -huh. Um, and I remember sometimes those special lines, like those, those displays that had something that drew your attention because it was different than the rest of the stuff that was on the shelves. And, um, and so like, I could, like, I, I had a personal, like, memory of being able to see like what that would be like if I walked in and saw mixed up clothing on the you know uh, marquee above the little section I would have been I would have been thrilled to be like oh what's this because the word mix is going to trigger my attention automatically you know um and I I was I was visualizing that 
like for you as as like whenever that was going to happen because uh, we knew I guess I knew at the time you said you were you were still like probably almost a year away yeah. into the process yeah. um so we knew that it was going to be a while to see it happen but um to get to that point when I saw your message that's like okay launch day is here it's April 1st and it's happening I was it, it I mean I just being on the outside looking in I can't imagine what that int- how I imagine it was a very intense process the entire time, but just the relief of it, of coming close to it's almost here. It's almost going to be on the shelf. I, yeah. (laughs) When I tell you, you know, I, um, I'm really trying not to get ahead of myself and start, you know, that inner voice that has not always been kind to me. Mm. Um, you know, that tells myself, you know, um, what if you fail? What if nobody buys it? Like, I'm trying to be like, no, not right now. Not right, <laughs> right now. now. <laughs> or right not now. ever. <laughs> like, like, you know, we need to be excited. This is what mm-hmm. you have been waiting for. Mm-hmm. And this is the, um, like, remember in uh, 2019, when you had your vision board and you cut out little pieces of um Macy's you know mm-hmm. um and you were like yeah it's here it's like here. this is like celebrate like I mean the adrenaline is- escaping your body must be like uh, like I'm sure you've needed a nap and I'm sure you haven't taken one um <laughs> but <laughs> but no listen no default is always nap <laughs> nap, uh. <take> nap. <laughs> um but like I so things have okay I'll say this militantly mix has changed me like in such a fundamental way that uh, that self-doubt, even though it creeps in still all the time, almost immediately gets countered now because of what I've done with the show with, it actually doesn't matter if it ends in whatever you pictured it on the grant, like the biggest thing that you pictured. It matters that you got wherever you got and every step of the way is important. And that's been a hard lesson for me, like um, because there's times when I'll get I'll get something like what you know that I'm going through that I can't talk about yet um, because, <laughs> because we're in the secret group chat. That's right. um, like even that thing for me, the my first reaction is, why me? Why am I chosen for this thing? And then my next thing is, shut up, just go through it, just have the experience. And then it creeps back in. But like, of all people, like I'm one in 8 billion people or whatever. <laughs> and then somebody else, you know, tells me like, shut up. Right. R- write it yeah. out, like enjoy uh, it, whatever happens. It's still the experience, which I think is, is important. But I think that I, I and I understand there's different things wrapped up here, right? There's financial goals, there's there's um, you know, um access, you know, broader access goals and things like that are that coming along with what you're doing. But I think that regardless of whether or not it's one season, two seasons, ten seasons, infinity seasons, um somebody's going to walk past it and see it and go, what, what's this? And it's going to be something that's really, really insanely meaningful for them. And then who knows what that does, you know, on the next run, like maybe other, you know, maybe it gets mm-hmm. picked up by more of the larger retailers. Maybe it goes abroad that's in different the, places. That's the dream. That's the dream. And I need to continue to hear your voice in my head when, when, um, when those kind of thoughts do creep in that kind of say, um, you know, the what ifs is like, no, 
like just just be happy for this one month you know for just uh, try and push those thoughts out mm -hmm. uh that try to minimize that you know that have not served you in the past <laughs> and, and that's like a repeat thing in the group in. chat if it doesn't serve oh, yeah. right <laughs> like this is something that you would tell your children your your friends your family like you would tell them no just take this moment enjoy this moment like do that for yourself yeah and Absolutely. uh get rid of some of those thoughts i um uh, i you know i know we're wrapping up our time together but i i just there was this moment where i was saying um or thinking about how again going back to that kid who who was waiting for someone that looked like her or that told our stories I was the someone I was waiting for. Yes, a hundred percent. And I almost like a little choked up for that. But yes, that you were the. You know what I mean? You, like you had to be your own superhero. Yeah, I, 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 I think that when you don't see yourself and don't have that space, you just you. I don't know. I, I, I don't know. I don't know. And well, it would be nice, I think, for for that to just exist and we just have access to that. I think what's special about being the one who did it is, is well, I don't know how to say this. It's that you can always say that about yourself, right? Like, I I didn't just let myself not have anything. I chose to do this for myself. And in the, in the process of doing something for myself, I actually also served other people, which mm. for me is a thing, you know, like for me mm -hmm. as a mission, I think it is for you too. Um, mm -hmm. Because most of the people I'm, I, I'm connected to all have a similar um, vibe. Uh, I think that that's, there's something really special about being that person who did it um, in terms of like the historical significance of it, whether or not we're like, two of the largest names in mixedness or anything like that is not as, uh, as important as knowing that no matter what it existed. Mm. Um, and hopefully down the line, because we did what we've done, it won't go away. That's right. Whether we're the ones doing it or someone else is doing it, um, that the now people know, I think that's been the, the biggest thing in almost everything that I've, I've done in the last, um, especially the last five years. Um, the, some of the stuff that you and I have done didn't exist before you and I did it. That's right. I mean, as hard as it has been most of my life to give myself flowers and how good I am at giving other people their flowers, I just want to say, like, we need to give ourselves these flowers. <laughs> like, we need to right. acknowledge that uh, we did something that. that didn't really yeah. exist before us, and that's important. Uh, thank you. Yeah, definitely. I I definitely agree. And folks are going to be hearing, you know, some pauses in, in, you know, and they're going to be like, where'd they go? And I, it's because like, yeah, I, I'm sitting here just without words. And I know <laughs> that's terrible on a podcast, right? I'll, 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 I'll snip down. Yeah, the, snip it, the do yeah. Be like, oh, she did. I mean, she wasn't crying on the side. What? Yeah. And I am, cause it's just that it's really powerful. And, um, and so when I get to sit here and talk to uh, you and, and be like, 
and and we have our friend who created a wellness uh journal um mm-hmm. and talking about mixedness and like can you imagine like yeah. having this journal that is like tell us about you know how you're i i, I can't like yeah. that is the the thing that you didn't know you were missing until you found it yeah. and our friends who are writing stories and and doing activism work and on social media and you know creating events and um yeah. it, it's i am so honored to be amongst this amazing group of firsts yeah however unfortunate it might be that we are a big group of firsts and and we do like we have a pretty significant group of you know within our network of people that we all know that um that have been the first or uh, one of the first people that have done something in this area. I mean, part of that's fuck. It's just cool. Part of it's just cool. Um, but I think, uh, um, I think one of the things that I enjoy from it is, is like this weird sense of pride, even though I ain't got nothing to do with what you created or what Jen created or, you know, so for any of these people that are doing things, I'm like, that's my friend. Like, it's so like it's you a weird own that it's That's such right. a weird like I want to enjoy the fact that I know these people that have done such amazing things and and that we all basically have a very similar need a void to fulfill which is being able to find a way to ground our mixedness into like this is normal this is great we are fine you know all that kind of stuff like we exist and we're visible and present and stuff that we found in all of our different ways and all of our different personalities, we fulfilled the same void, but very specific to each of us. I'm a talker. I found podcasting. Mm. You know, you mm. you used your clothing as a way to stress relief, but you also used it as a way to tell stories and and give yourself pride. I think that was a big thing. Mm-hmm. Jen, with mental health, and whole therapy, thing, right. the, the therapy and the whole thing creating a book that, Mm -hmm. uh, you know, a journal that can coincide with that experience of, you know, checking in with yourself and checking in with your mixedness. All, yeah, all the people that we know that are doing things, um, you know, Teresa with the, the, her auntie blog and her memoir, Mm -hmm. like legitimately showing how much mixedness has existed in your all's life that you weren't paying attention to, you know, we, we, I think we are lucky in a we have a very shared, a very awesome shared group of people that we're connected to that are doing things, but, but everything is so specific to each, each of us as an individual. And that's, what's so wonderful that uh, again, we don't have to reinvent Mm-mm. anything or the will or what, you know, take and, you know, take what you enjoy doing because that is what's going to move you. And, and, you know, on the times that, you're feeling low. Um, those are the kind of things that continue to, you know, motivate you to get out. But I cannot leave this conversation without telling you, you didn't have to sew anything or to feel the pride or uh, because it was having these conversations with you when I was feeling low or having questions that, I came to in order for me to get out of my head Mm. so that I could sew and Mm. create. Mm. If so, take that pride, take that, you know, because you were part of the process that got me out of my low 
to say that I was, you know, to, to be that, that part of my, my reflex that says, you're not worthy, you know, mm-hmm. whatever it is, you shouldn't be here. What are you doing? You know, those kind of things. Yeah. How, I don't know how much longer I would have been in that if I didn't have you and all our folks that I am able to bounce off of. So have that pride, have that, you know, excitement because you are an integral part of me and, 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 you know, allows me to do what I am here to do. So thank you for saying that. I appreciate that so much. Um, I got all teary. <laughs> I don't know when I became so emotional publicly, but Listen, this is a if I don't cry on an interview, like, did I really do the interview? I, that's, I that's swear. That's like, what I'm saying. I used to be yeah. so guarded, but now I'm just like, waterworks all the damn time. Um, I mean, I, I absolutely feel like the same. I feel like I was able to evolve into my next stage, my next Pokemon stage, because... <laughs> Um, I've been an auntie for like, since I was born, but I, I didn't feel like I had achieved auntie age yet. And when we got into, uh, the group chat that we're in, I felt like I was finally able to like evolve into my final form, um, with like permission, you know, (laughs) you know, it's like, at first it was just like, I'm going to try to own this, but it didn't feel, it didn't feel like I, I should be in that space. But then I shared that space with y'all and I was just like, you know what? These are the vibes. Um, like I, I, I feel like my growth in the last, I mean, I think over the last four years doing the show, I've grown quite a bit, but I feel like the growth that I've had, especially since we got involved in our, in our special group of friends, like, I feel like I'm growing so much quicker now and I'm able to, I'm, I'm able to pivot in a way that I've never been able to um, before mm. because of being able to bounce things off of y'all and, um, and uh, getting to a confident decision quicker because of that. Um, this is a very new yes. thing for me. Yes. And um, I, so now I can't go back. So like, I need, <laughs> like that's what I need. Uh, but before we wrap up, I kind of have, I have one of my regular questions and one more, one more question for you. And then we, and then we could kind of wrap up, but um, where I, and not to say that like, you can't just enjoy where you're at because I absolutely want you to just enjoy where you're at and whatever this is, but what is your, what is your personal hope for the future of mixed up clothing? Yeah. Uh, I see collaborations and partnerships with large um uh, I mean, like large brands where they are saying, hey, can you help us design a shoe or the oh, next? That'd be awesome. you know, yeah. So I think the next step for us are, uh, are the partnerships and collaborations so that, again, um, you know, our stories are being told um, in an authentic way. And and um, so that that's coming up. And of course, uh being in, you know, uh, more retailers is, is the goal as well. So. Yeah, that would be really cool. Like if I, okay. I know that it's primarily for children, but if you end up making a shoe and Mm. I don't get a shoe, (laughs) I'm going to need a shoe. (laughs) That's all I'm saying. I mean, done. It is my, that is an absolute dream of mine to have like a custom Charmaine like shoe, 
um, a sneaker of some sort. But like, if you have a mixed up clothing line shoe, I'm going to need a size eight women's. Right. Taking notes. Right. <laughs> I'm going to need it. I'm going to need Absolutely. it. And everywhere I go, I'm going to be like, this is my friend shoe. This is my friend shoe. You know what? Um, it's, we're manifesting that. <laughs> I need it. Sure. Give me the shoe. Um, and then, so I don't actually even recall, I don't believe I was asking this question um, when you and I got to speak on your very first episode because I had stolen it from my other friend's show, Wild Black, um, <laughs> I think like 11 episodes in. Uh, but he, on his show, he asked people as an icebreaker, what do you love most about being Black? And so I stole that. I do credit mm. him, but I stole that. And I now ask all of my guests, what do you love most about being mixed? So since it's been about four years since you've been on the mm -hmm. show, what do you love most about being mixed? I love that. And um, I love just the added amount of history and story. And um, like, I feel like I'm double and tripled and, you know, whatever the amount of information and, and power and love and that is deep within like my ancestors, this, this, I, I just love that. Like, I feel like I'm so thankful that I got firsthand accounts and of, you know, the per perseverance that they had and the, uh, you know, that to get me here what they mm. had to go through so yeah. i think that that is by far uh what i love about being mixed well thank you so much for coming back on the show uh as a as a friend i'm extremely proud and excited for you for what you're going through but as a fellow mixed creator i'm just like i need you to exist and i'm so glad that you do um, which you. I think rolls into the friendship part too, but you know Thank what I'm saying. Um, <laughs> I mm. just, it's so important to me that you exist and that you're doing what you're doing um, and the impact. I, I know that it's possible you'll never really understand the impact that you will have on people that get a chance to put on your clothing. But I, um, I just, I'm really excited for you and I hope that, I hope that you enjoy it. Oh, thank you so much. Thank you so much for opening your platform to me and, um, I echo those sentiments. So thank you so much. And why don't you tell everybody how to, uh, how, how to find all your social media and everything. Yes. And then I will also include a link on the show notes to, um, to how to find y'all on Macy's as well. Perfect. Yes. If folks want to just go to at mixed up clothing, um, and then of course go to, uh, Macy's.com, uh, put in the search bar, mixed up clothing and, um, Shop away. <laughs> Shop away. Fill up that courts. <laughs> Fill up them courts. <laughs> <laughs>if you'd like to become a sponsor of Militantly Mixed, please go to patreon.com slash militantlymixed for monthly sponsorship or paypal.me slash militantlymixed for a one-time only donation. And if you like what you hear on Militantly Mixed, please subscribe, rate, and review on iTunes or wherever you listen to podcasts. And don't forget to be your mixed-ass self. Main Hustle Media. Turn your side hustle into your main hustle.